Hello everyone, my name is Andin. I'm so excited today um, to finally make this video to officially thank the Rema team for helping me out for the second time to pass my NCLEX. The first time was in 2020 when I graduated for my LPN and I was struggling to pass my boards so I can start working as a nurse. And I got online, luckily enough for me, I found Rema on Facebook. So I bought the virtual trainer, which comes with the um, blue book right here, and then the quick facts. So I studied with them, I think that was for like uh, two, three months, and I was able to pass my boards for the first time, yay. And after that, I worked for like maybe six months, and I decided to go back for my RN, and I graduated again in 2022 and i bought the virtual trainer and i took my time because i was working studying with them and i finally got to um the new gene in february studying again using the quick facts and the virtual trainer these two books have greatly helped me to achieve my dreams i'm so grateful i want to officially thank them um, for helping me out for bringing out the best of me for making me succeed to become the nurse that i've always dreamed to be thank you so much and i encourage each and every one of you that will my in one way or the other um set eyes on um uh, team rema either on facebook or any um platform these people are very 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 full of knowledge content is key i believe this because when i was taking especially my inclex rn i felt like they were taking my test from this book this quick facts right here quick facts is a magic maker Quick fast fill me with so much knowledge. And because of this, I got through all my case studies with little or no trouble. Thank you so much, Tim Rema. Thank you so much. This is what helped me pass my inclex. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so grateful. Bye bye. beautiful testimony hi everybody this is how to pass NCLEX this is Monday motivation and I love starting this week off with a testimonial from one of our Remar nurses who have passed the NCLEX exam uh, all of you who will be testing this week we are praying we are so excited for you as well well today our content will be tracheostomy tracheostomy and tracheostomy in nursing school was always one of those skills that made me quite nervous because you know it has so much to do with ventilation and our patient breathing so whenever it was time for me to clean a cannula or just take on a patient with a trach i just was so nervous so hopefully today we will get into that great content so that you feel more confident about this subject um i also want to remind you guys oh before i get into the content I also want to remind you guys that if you have not gotten an easy NCLEX review, the V2 is perfect, okay? For those of you who need to get into the content, like our nurse said, content is key and we have that easy content for you to get through it. Three to four weeks, some people do the program in one week, but 
at the end of the day, it's all about you taking the steps to get what you need to pass the exam. So get out your notebooks um, and we're going to talk about tracheostomy. Now, you guys know I like to do a lot of work in just the vocabulary, the language of nursing. So we're going to look at tracheostomy, tracheotomy, tracheostomy, tracheotomy. Do you know the difference? If you know the difference, put the comments in the screen. Tracheostomy, tracheotomy. All right, let's get into that. So here, when you have these two terms, when you have these two terms, tracheostomy and tracheotomy, it can be so confusing because nursing student, nursing instructors and doctors will use them interchangeably. So a tracheotomy, a tracheotomy, you have the Greek term tom, which means to cut, and then you have trachea, which is the windpipe. So it's a cut into the windpipe, all right? Tracheotomy, it's the surgical cut into the windpipe. Tracheostomy, you have ostomy, okay, or stoma, stomy, which we are used to seeing. It's, a, it's like the mouth or the opening. And then you have trachea, which is the windpipe. So I like to think of it like, you know, the tracheostomy is almost the new mouth of the patient, right? It is the opening that we are going to be diverting oxygen into. So um, tracheostomy is going to refer to that actual opening. Tracheotomy is the procedure that has been done. Okay, so always great to start with the terminology because it will help us moving forward. We are building on something. So again, I'm gonna do this several times, the tracheostomy, uh, also called a tracheotomy, is the surgical opening that's made through your neck into your trachea. And the tracheostomy opens your airway and it helps you to breathe if you have one, okay? So this is how we're explaining it to our patients. The tracheostomy may be temporary or it may be permanent. And this is so important because in med surge in nursing, this procedure is very common. Now, a lot of a lot of patients won't actually know the benefits, but they will know what they will look like if they have the tube in the neck. And a lot of patients will say, mm -mm, I don't want it. I don't I don't want it at all. My grandmother was one of those people. She did not want a tracheostomy. All right. Um, and it doesn't matter if the patient has been a longtime smoker, if they have breathing difficulties. If you say the tube in the neck, they're going to say, no, I don't want it. Or that's at least have been my experience. And so we do have to do a lot of education on this, the benefits of this intervention. And so um, we have to think about this. Okay. Why is a tracheostomy performed? What is the benefits? Well, it helps to relieve airway obstruction. It is going to help our patients breathe, okay? It is going to remove or allow us to remove secretions that are causing poor oxygenation. And so, you know, when you think about the need for it, you think about the need for it, it is going to allow oxygen to get to your patient a lot quicker. So who needs it? Anybody with an obstruction in the upper airway, whether it's the nose or throat, right? Anybody who has difficulty swallowing, people who have trouble due to an injury, a swelling, 
or a, a lung condition. Maybe uh, they have some scarring, okay, some scarring in their lungs. And then also anybody going, uh, undergoing airway reconstruction following surgery on the larynx or the pharynx, probably going to need to get a, a tracheostomy. And of course, this, we saw this a lot with patients with COVID in 2020, 2021. If you need to be on a mechanical uh, ventilation for more than a week, okay? Mechanical ventilation is going to require you to have this tracheostomy because you don't want tubing down the throat right uh, in the upper airways for that length of time it can start to break down the tissue and the upper respiratory tract and that will create a whole new set of problems for your patient so a lot of COVID patients needed mechanical ventilation and there was definitely an increase in the number of patients with tracheostomies tracheotomies even even up until now even up until now so we talk about what's the benefit what type of patients need it? And again, for those of you who are coming on late, I'm going back to this because I think it's so important. When we're speaking, we're speaking competently. The tracheotomy is actually the incision that uh, the surgeon cuts into the windpipe and the tracheostomy is the opening itself. And so sometimes um, that is just called the stoma. All right, that is just called the stoma. We're used to seeing that. However, most healthcare providers, they will say the terms interchangeably. So let's talk about these tracheostomy tubes. And this is very important, the single cannula and the double cannula. So for example, in the single cannula, this is essentially what it sounds like. This is a trach tube and there's no inner cannula. It's just one tube. And so um, they allow more airflow, but the inner cannula cannot be removed. Okay, um, so if it gets plugged up or if there's something wrong with it, you know, you would not be able to just remove it. You wouldn't be able to just remove it. And so you guys can think about the implications of what is one of the problems when you have a new tracheostomy, right? What is going to happen when that inner single cannula is removed. What is going to be some of the issues? All right. The double cannula is something that we are more likely going to be handling, going to be cleaning, going to be monitoring and nursing. Most adult patients will have this. And so the um, this is the, the, the inner and the outer cannula. When you have a double cannula, you have an inner and you have an outer. And so the outer part is what sits into the um, the airway, right? And the outer cannula is the main part that sits inside of the airway. Now, inside of that is an inner cannula, which goes into the outer cannula. And this is the one that is taken out. It's cleaned. It's made sure that it's patent for our patients. And you can also see some other necessary components, some other necessary components which is the actual neck plate, right? The neck plate is going to hold that, um, that outer cannula in place, or even if it's a single cannula, you have the neck plate that sits flat against the surface of the neck. And then you have the Velcro ties or the neck ties 
that hold the neck plate in place. So those are things that we must be competent about in nursing and know the functions of, okay? And, and I have here some notes on just those things. So the outside of the trach has a flat plate, which is the neck plate, uh, and it has a flange on each side that is fastened to either twill tape. Mostly I'm used to seeing the Velcro trach, Velcro trach ties instead of tape, which goes around the patient's neck, and this holds the device in place. It holds the device in place. So if you're working on a med surge unit, if you intend to go on a med surge unit, um, a respiratory progressive care unit, VICU, or even pediatric home health care, this is what you're going to be doing a lot of, a lot of, all right? Um, so a lot of my nursing friends that are doing pediatric home health, they are taking care of tracheostomy patients. Okay, now, different types of tracheostomies. Again, this is more just so you are looking to see the uh, equipment that is used. There can be valves or cuffs that are attached to your, um, your cannulas. And of course, the cuff, the purpose of the cuff is to make sure that the air is not escaping and going in the upper uh, respiratory tract and going more towards the lungs, okay? Also, I want to address the benefits of having the cuff deflated. What is one of the benefits of our patients if they have a cuff and it's deflated? What are they able to do? <laughs> uh, while you guys are thinking about that, I wanna shout out Nurse Chioma who says, hi, Regina, I want to appreciate you for all that you do. I passed NCLEX RN on the 24th of June with the VT and QuickFox. I studied them for two months and they really helped me. I am a Remar nurse. I am a Remar nurse. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming and, and taking your time out and letting everybody know that you have your amazing letters and encouraging them on this Monday. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate your the, the commitment to Remar even after you pass. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. So you guys are right. They can speak. They can speak, which is so cool. And, and it's, it's such a benefit for the patients because they're able to communicate. There needs to be air passing through that uh, larynx in order to be able to talk. So when the cuff is deflated, they can do that. And I think that is probably one of the major, major points on NCLEX as far as fundamentals. So again, try, uh, the type of tracheostomy, single lumen, fenestrated tube, cuff fenestrated tube. I don't want you guys to get too deep into um, the types of tracheostomies because that is not something that is going to be tested on in a major level. Um, but these are the, the three types. So the single lumen tube, it is uh, similar to the double lumen tube, except there is no inner cannula. More intensive nursing care is required with this tube because there is no inner cannula to ensure a patent lumen. So that is the challenge with that. The fenestrated tube, the fenestrated tube has a pre-cut opening. Okay, it's also called fenestration in the upper posterior wall of the outer cannula. 
This tube is used to wean the client from a tracheostomy by ensuring that the client can tolerate breathing through his or her natural airway before the entire tube is removed. This tube, um, it also allows the client to speak, okay? And then the cuff fenestrated tube. The cuff fenestrated tube facilitates mechanical ventilation and speech and often is used for clients with spinal cord paralysis or neuromuscular disease who do not require ventilation at all times, okay? So when not on the ventilator, the client can have the tube deflated and the tube capped. Complications, complications. Gotta have, gotta talk about this. So the number one is probably gonna be tube dislodgement, tube dislodgement. Because sometimes if the tube is not the proper size, and, and also I want to say this, the importance of your neck plate that is holding the cannula in place is that the neck plate is supposed to tell you the size of the, inner, the, um, the cannula that you need to have at the bedside. All right. So that's very important. You need to know the size of the cannula. Is it an eight or seven um, or any other size? Okay, so what do you do? Prevention, secure the tube in place. That's the vel Velcro. Um, minimize manipulation and traction on the tube. Ensure that the client does not pull on the tube. Ensure that the tracheostomy tube of the same size type is at the client's bedside, okay? During the first 72 hours following surgical placement of the tracheostomy, the nurse can manually ventilate the client by using a manual resuscitation or AMBU bag while another nurse calls the rapid response team, okay? Um, tracheomalacia, okay? It is when you have the erosion, you have constant pressure exerted by the cuff when that cuff is inflated and it causes tracheal dilation and erosion of the cartilage. Okay, so you use an uncuffed tube as soon as possible. You monitor the cuff pressure and air volume closely to detect changes. We are talking tracheostomies on today. Good stuff for nursing care. Other things, um, tracheal stenosis, which is essentially a narrowing. Whenever you see stenosis, we know that is a narrowing of the tracheal lumen, and it is the result of scar formation. So scar tissue formation um, from the irritation of the trachea in the mucosal layer by the cuff. So the cuff can cause a lot of problems. Uh, prevention, you prevent tracheal stenosis by uh, not pulling um, on or having traction to the tracheostomy tube, properly securing the tube in the midline position, maintaining cuff pressure, and minimizing the oral nasal intubation time. Tracheal esophageal fistula. Okay, what is that? The actual name will tell you a lot. But anyways, here we go again. It's a problem with the cuff. So excessive cuff pressure causes an erosion of the posterior wall. So a hole, whenever you have a fistula, we know a hole is created between the trachea and the anterior esophagus. That's a bad thing, okay? 
the client at highest risk also has a nasogastric tube present. So maintaining that cuff pressure, monitoring the amount of air needed for inflation. Okay, we don't wanna give too much air. And then we progress to a deflated or a cuffless tube as soon as possible. So there are definitely benefits of your, your client being able to speak right during this process, but also having that cuff deflated as much as possible while maintaining proper oxygenation levels. Because remember, when the cuff is inflated, it's really sending the air in one direction, which is, which is good. We want oxygen to go to the lungs, but at the same time, our windpipe is not used to having anything touching it. And so, you know, when you touch something constantly, even if I just touch this constantly, what's happening? I'm creating a pressure point. And so the skin is going to begin to get uh, irritated, inflamed. It's going to start to deteriorate. All right. So then we have a trachea and an inanimate arteria fistula. Okay. And it's essentially a malpositioned tube that causes its distal tip to push against the lateral wall of the trachea. And so continued pressure causes necrosis and erosion of the inanimate artery. And you guys know that cannot be great. So use the correct tube size, length, and maintain the midline position. Prevent pulling or tugging on the tracheostomy tube immediately notify the physician of a pulsating tube because you know arteries are where we get our pulses from. Tube obstruction. Tube obstruction can be quite common because the patient already, um, you know, we're looking to see if they're having difficulty breathing, if we hear noises because in a tracheostomy, you can get secretions that dry up and cause obstruction. So we're looking for difficulty in inserting the suction catheter, thick, dry secretions, unexplained peak pressures if the client is on a mechanical ventilator. So how do we prevent tube obstruction? We help the client to cough and deep breathe. We are providing humidification because there's a lot of mucus production when you have a tube down your throat. It is a natural response. And so if there is humidification, then that uh, thins out the secretions and it makes them easier to suction. Cleaning the inner tube regularly. And then if necessary, the physician repositions or replaces the tube if an obstruction occurs as a result of the cuff prolapse over the end of the tube. So the physician is the one who is putting in the tube, who is repositioning it, who is reestablishing the, um, the need for this intervention. So that's it. Now it's time for our NCLEX questions. You guys have any questions specifically about tracheostomy tube? That's a lot of content. It's a lot of content because this is a serious intervention, although it's quite common. It's serious because it deals with your patient's airway. And usually this is required because there's no other option for an airway. So for whatever reason, the normal airway is not, it's not um, allowing our patient to be stabilized. So this is the backup to that. So if this doesn't go right, well, then 
our patient is going to definitely have a big problem. So nurses, we have the responsibility of managing this last attempt, okay? In managing this last attempt. Now, let me go and let's see how many we have for our, um, how many we have for our share goals, okay? How many we have watching and then how many are going to be for our share goals? How many we have for our- Nice, so we have 290 people watching right now on YouTube, which is phenomenal. We have 46 likes. So let's get to 110 likes, okay? Let's get to 110 likes. Here's our first question, guys. Here is our very first question and you might see it. Oh, wait, 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 where did it go? Here it is. I think this is it. Okay, here we go. Bam. Oh, this is a good one. What should the tracheostomy stoma site be cleaned with? These are good questions. What should the tracheostomy stoma site be cleaned with? Number one, provodon iodine. Hmm. Two, chlorohexidine gluconate. Hmm. Three, 0 0.9 sterile saline solution. Or four, antimicrobial hand wash. I love this. Great question here. What are we cleaning the tracheostomy tube with? What are we cleaning the tracheostomy tube with? All right. We are cleaning it with what? And remember, tracheostomy tube, this is an airway issue. So you have to be kind of quite gentle with how you're treating the airway, please. <laughs> All right. I see the answers on the screen. It's looking like we're all going with number three. Correct answer is normal three. So the healthcare provider is going to tell us how to take care of this tracheostomy tube. So it's not something that you guys have to really fret about, but normally it's gonna be a normal saline and or a hydrogen peroxide and normal saline in equal mix. You guys remember doing this in nursing school? Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So those are going to be the two options that are going to be appropriate for the patient. Remember, don't put too much hydrogen peroxide because um, that can be abrasive to the airway too. Let's move on. <laughs> Number two, a nurse in the operating room is suctioning fluids from a client via a tracheostomy tube. When suctioning, the nurse must limit the suctioning time to a maximum of one minute to six seconds, three, 10 seconds, four, 15 seconds. What say if you guys, I actually saw you ask me this question and I couldn't give the answer because I knew it was, was one of the questions. And so now critically think here, what would you guys say? What would you guys say here? Hey, we already have 100 likes. We are just 10 more. 10 more to our goal for today. Amazing. And I hope we get it. If you haven't liked this video, like it because last week we didn't get it and we missed a good question. I am going, it's a, it's a, it's a toss up between three and four, 10 seconds and 15 seconds. Correct answer, 10 seconds, 10 seconds. Hypoxemia can be caused with prolonged suctioning. 
And then so what happens is it stimulates the pacemaker cells in the heart. So a vasovagal response may occur that causes bradycardia. Also, some of you guys put this comments in the screen and I love the comments in our study groups. Keep them coming. The nurse must pre-oxygenate the client before suctioning. All right, so we're gonna hyper-oxygenate our patient and we're gonna limit the suctioning pass to 10 seconds. And normally the patient will start um, coughing, <laughs> you know, to let you know, hey, the suctioning is getting irritated. But yeah, so we wanna make sure we do this. Question number three, let's go. A newly hired, a newly hired nurse is changing the tapes on a tracheostomy tube. Okay, so we know what that means. The client coughs, oh no, and the tube is dislodged, okay. The initial nursing action is to, number one, reinsert the tube, two, grass sutures spread opening, three, call the respiratory therapist, four, cover the tracheostomy site. Oh my, 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 what are we gonna do here? Ooh, 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 ooh. Mm. Let's see. I, I, I'm interested in the comments here too. I always love the comments that you guys give me, that you guys put. What are we going to say to do? Ooh. This is a good one. Correct answer is grass sutures and spread opening. Okay. So here we go. Um, if the tube is dislodged accidentally, the initial nursing action is to grasp the retention sutures and spread the opening, okay? If the agency policy permits, then the nurse attempts to immediately replace the tube. Covering the tracheostomy site will block the airway. Options one and three will delay treatment in an emergency situation. So here's the thing. Let me go back. Options one and options three. All right. So options one, reinserting the tube may make you feel like, and, and remember, we have to think now it's not a perfect world. Like NCLEX is being more, more, more um, intentional about real world things. Okay. So the concept, because a lot of people pick number one, let me tell you the danger of that. If a client, um, if a client dislodges a tube and a new nurse graduate just reinserts the tube and goes on about the rest of her care, then that indicates that that nurse may not call the doctor right away. Okay, there's a danger in that. It has happened, and again, somebody put it in here. It can lead to infections, but. At the, the idea, the mentality is that the doctor does not get called immediately, okay? Four, just covering the tracheostomy site, what's the problem with that? Then that also um, indicates that, hey, this patient no longer has an airway, you've, you've covered it, that's not the right steps to take, even though it may make sense, because we, you know, if, you know, if like we talked about, if a surgical wound, opens up or whatever, you cover that, but got to make sure you don't, you don't take that same concept to this. Okay. Mm -mm. All right. So that's a good question. Now let us, let us go to the next one. Okay. Next question. 
Here we go. These are good. A nurse in the pediatric intensive care unit is supervising a student nurse who is performing tracheostomy care for a client. Which of the following actions by the student should the nurse intervene? Okay. Number one, cleaning using universal precautions. Two, suctioning the tracheostomy tube. Three, securing the tube in place. Or four, replacing the inner cannula. This is good. So these are very common questions, very common questions. You see the nurse's aide doing something. You see the nursing student doing something, okay? When do we stop them? When do we intervene? When do we protect the patient? Number one, cleaning universal precaution, cleaning using universal precautions. Two, suctioning the tracheostomy tube. Three, securing the tube in place. Four, replacing the inner cannula. I'm so glad you guys showed up to class today. This is a topic that is very, uh, very hands-on, very practical, and I'm glad we're reviewing it. Content, content, content. Correct answer is going to be numero one. Ooh, <laughs> I got somebody today. All right, you guys don't. You guys will not forget this. Cleaning using, using universal precautions. So when you are performing tracheostomy care, it is a sterile field and it requires sterile setup and sterile technique. Standard precautions such as hand washing, they also must be done, but not when you are using or not when you are performing tracheostomy care. Because of what? Where is that tracheostomy tube? It's going directly in the airway. Okay, so sterile techniques are used for prevention. This is another reason, if I can go back to it, this is another important reason why those of you who picked just reinserting that tube was a wrong answer. So if that tube becomes dislodged and it's on the bed, or it falls onto the patient's apron where they have secretions and things like that, you cannot put that tube back into the patient's airway, okay? You cannot do that. Sterile technique when you are handling this type of patient. Because remember, this is, directly giving, oh, this is directly giving access to the patient's lungs. So I'm glad you showed up to class today. All right, uh, I'm glad you showed up to class. Do we have an extra question? Do we make the bonus question? We did make the bonus question. And here it is. Congratulations, you guys. Teamwork makes the dream work. Here we go. Question number five. A nurse in an ICU is preparing to care for a client who will be weaned from a cuff tracheostomy tube. All right. The nurse is planning to use a tracheostomy plug and plans to insert it in the opening on the outer cannula. Which of the following nursing interventions are required before plugging the tube? Let me read that again. So you have an IC nurse and they're preparing to care for a client who, built, who will be weaned from a cuffed tracheostomy tube. The nurse is planning to use a tracheostomy plug and plans to insert it into the opening in the outer cannula. Which of the following nursing interventions are required before plugging the tube? 
Oof. Place the inner cannula to tube. Deflate the cuff on the tube. Three, let the client swallow. Or four, let the client speak. Whew. Good one here. Safety, 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 safety. All right, because we know what that, mm, we know what that cuff is gonna do. So if we don't address it, then we can cause a fatality here, okay? So what is the appropriate response? I got it, Grace, okay? Correct answer is this, number two. Whew. Most of you guys got it right. Okay, so when you're plugging up that cuff tracheostomy tube, that cuff must be deflated because if it remains inflated, ventilation cannot occur. You cannot breathe, all right? And so respiratory arrest could result. So the ability for the client to swallow, to speak, that has nothing to do with it when you're weaning and plugging the tube. Safety first, safety first, guys. Um, and so I am so glad that you showed up today for this class because th this is something that can definitely, if you get these questions wrong, can drop you below the passing standard for NCLEX because you mess up in one area of, of a tracheostomy care, what can it lead to for your patient? Respiratory arrest, infection, pneumonia, something like that, you know, something serious. So this was a topic that I definitely wanted to review with you today at the beginning of a new week. All right, I am encouraging you guys to stick with this. This is the easiest NCLEX review out there because we focus on core content alone, all right? And so if I if I think you guys need it uh, and or I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it, I'm studying it, I want to share it with you guys. So our study sessions like this allow us to go there. It allows us to take it where no other NCLEX review is going. All right. So thank you for showing up for class today, because these are the topics that help you be a better nurse, a safe nurse. Hey, but this program is not over yet. This program is not over because we still have one of my favorite parts of our Monday classes, which is the motivation, Monday motivation across the nation. Oh my goodness. Embracing the journey. And you see this person at the airport. You know what? When I'm at the airport, I'm usually one of my happiest. All right. Is there anybody who just like, let me ask you this. Who loves to ride an airplane? And maybe you guys are not riding airplanes as much as you would like to because you are on that nursing student budget. But I mean, in general, who loves to fly? And, and, and I, <laughs> all right, so me, right? I love to fly because when I'm flying, this is what I read actually. You are your most creative when you are flying. I heard that before. I heard it and I read it. So when you're flying and you're at a high altitude, you are actually your most creative. You actually can get a lot of stuff done when you are flying. All right. So I love to fly. I also love to know that I'm going to get there wherever I'm trying to go in a shorter time. Usually I'm on my way to an amazing event or a vacation or something like a family trip, like something so phenomenal. And so I love to be on the planes. I'm one of those people that 
if I'm on an airplane before the airplane takes off, I'm sleeping because it's just so relaxing to me. It may be a little weird, but that's just how I am. Me and my daughter, I usually always have a lap child with me because I'm always constantly having a, a kid, all right? So me and my daughter, we go right to sleep. We go right to sleep and we wake up, we're in a better place. Like it's a nicer place. So I love to fly. Ooh, you have a vacation to Switzerland and Milan. I'm so, oh my goodness. I love it. I love it. Huh. All right. Um, so who loves to fly? So we're talking about enjoying the journey. Now, here's my next question. What is your favorite airline? What is your favorite airline? Because I have... Uh, I have experienced some airlines in my day, and I want to know, do you have an allegiance to a specific airline? I, I know, for example, my kids do. My kids, if I tell them that we are going on a trip, they will ask me first off, what airline are we flying? And I have to say, what? And they will say, are we flying Delta? My kids love to fly Delta. And I don't know, it's just, Delta makes them feel comfortable. They have the crayons, they have the, the TVs, all those things my kids really love. And so Delta Airlines, I like Delta Airlines a lot. I think that's my preference. Um, also, I like Hawaiian Airlines. When I did an NCLEX review in Hawaii, we flew Hawaiian and they were amazing, okay? Southwest is good too. Ethiopian Airlines. I've never I tried them. I flew in a, I've flown Allegiance before. Before I was a nurse, I've flown Allegiance and they will get you there. <laughs> I am I am not a Delta. I am not a Delta. No. Uh JetBlue, Qatar. I never flown Qatar. Um American. Okay. I'm nobody's saying Frontier. Nobody's saying Spirit. Is that what it's called? Spirit, right? Nobody's saying frontier. Nobody's saying spirit. Okay, okay, okay. Emirates. Oh, I want to travel with them one day. I want to travel with them one day. Okay. <laughs> and so um, this is very, this is, this is important. We're talking about enjoying the journey. I'm getting to know you guys. You're telling me what your favorite airline is. Cool. All right. Um, here are some valuable lessons that we can learn from riding an airplane. And if you haven't, if you haven't rode an airplane, let me tell you, get your nursing license and you will be able to go on many trips. It's something that nurses like to do. It's something that nurses like to do. So um, here are some things that we can learn, okay? Essential stuff. Ooh, y'all, I'm, mm, I'm not even gonna try to, okay, let me, this is gonna speak to somebody. We talking about flying on an airplane, but there's this is gonna apply to your NCLEX journey in so many ways. Number one, when you are flying, you can only bring a certain amount of stuff. There are limitations to the amount of luggage you can carry on your journey. All right, is that speaking to somebody already? Um, and it don't matter if you fly in Delta, American, Southwest, JetBlue, you can't take everything at your house on your new journey. You can't take everything that you think or wish or whatever you might need, okay? This teaches us that when we're traveling, you only can pack the essentials. So similarly in life, we often burden ourselves on this journey with unnecessary baggage, okay? And that unnecessary baggage, it could be both physical, it could be you're studying with too much, you got too many resources, you overwhelmed, or it could be emotional. 
on, on your journey to, to studying for NCLEX, it can be emotional because you have, you know, oh, how did I, I, I didn't do well in the past, or I have anxiety, I have emotional test anxiety, or so-and-so said I would never be a nurse. And so in this journey that we're on right now, this is speaking to somebody, you got to let go of the non-essential stuff. You got to find the easy way to do this because there is a proper way. There is a proper weight that is necessary when you are traveling. So you need to declutter your life, okay? And focus more this week on what really, really matters. And it's not everything and it's not everybody's problems and it's not you being the solution to everybody's issues, you being the Holy Spirit to everybody's needs. You have to be able to say, I am only capable of dealing with essentials on this journey that I'm on, okay? Because everything else will weigh you down. On time, you know when you are taking a flight, you got to be on time, okay? You show up late, that door is closed, you're not getting in. You're not, you didn't miss the opportunity. So air travel, you know, it requires us careful planning and time management to ensure timely arrivals and departures. And I know you guys, if you're like me, we're nurses. So we, the night before we travel, whether we take in a plane, a bus, whatever, a car trip, we got everything that we need out. We make sure we are on time, two hours early to the airport, two hours, three hours early. We call in people that we going on group trips with. Hey, you ready? You up? Let's go. It's time for you to, you should be in the shower by now. You should be dressed by now. I'm on my way to come get you. So we can do this in other areas of our life, right? Um, so the time management that we apply to trips, parties, events, all right? We can use this as a lesson to improve our daily management skills. Let's prioritize this important to us. Let's Let's set realistic deadlines. Let's allocate time to, okay, we got to get this done. We should be packed. We should do this. We should do that, right? And we do that, no problem. Why is that? Why is it that we can manage things that are not as serious beautifully? When it's time for us to take a trip or a vacation, nobody has to tell us, hey, go buy what you need. We, we will invest in vacation clothes. We will invest in new suitcases. We will invest in, you know, the, 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 the additional leg space, all, all these things. No problem. No questions asked. But when it comes to our NCLEX, our education, our nursing license, it's like you got to pull blood from a turnip to get people to want to invest into that process, into that experience. But when it's time to go on vacation... We're going to pay $200 to get the Fulani braids and the box braids. You know, we're going to pay the money to have the outfits to match the event. No problem. Cash me out. And so we got to be able to, we got to be able to fly. We got to be ready to fly for sure. Being on time is very important to that. Seating. Whoo. And this is the benefit of our community. Everybody gets a seat on the plane, but every seat is not the same. You know, you got the first class, you got the comfort care. If you fly in Delta, you got comfort plus, and then you got the main cabin. All right. Here, just as in life, you got to be grateful for the seat or the journey you have instead of comparing 
them to others, okay? Comparing them to others. You got to learn to find comfort in even less than ideal conditions. So yes, right now, most of y'all is in main cabin. Most of y'all right now is on a main cabin economy seat experience. And that's okay because I want you to be able to persevere in this place. I want you to be able to take on the challenge of being in economy, but I want you to also see the first class that's in front of you, the first class that you have the potential to take a seat in. But it ain't gonna happen till you get that nursing license. I didn't start flying first class until I became a nurse. Actually, I didn't really start flying at all. I maybe took one trip every three years. Now that I'm a nurse, I got to fly first class. I'm first class only, all right? But it wasn't like that when I was a nursing student. I'm trying to get y'all to see when you become a nurse, you will be upgraded. Let me upgrade you. Let me upgrade you. And not just you. Let me upgrade you, your kids, your parents, everybody. Okay. All right. And so um, the things now that we have to look at may not be ideal, but guess what? The things that we have to look forward to, better pay, better benefits, better opportunities, better seats. Okay. Better seats. Get that nursing license. I ain't playing with y'all. I'm telling you, it's a beautiful experience. It's a beautiful experience in first class. Nice. All right. Following instructions. My, 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 my. All right. So on your flight, on this journey, you have to follow the instructions. You're going to have people who are trained in aviation. Okay. Instructions given by a flight attendant. You know it's going to include valuable information and insights. You know it's going to include things that can keep you safe along the journey. Actively listening, okay, from their instructors allows us to expand our knowledge. You guys have to be able to do that. So in life, being open to learn from others, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Being humble enough to learn from others, seeking advice, being receptive to new ideas can lead not only to a personal growth, but a broader perspective. All right. And this is the, this is the thing. Um, nurses, we have a, um, we tend to get a bad rap because we can be very stuck up. We can be very uh, know-it-all-ish. And it starts somewhere in nursing school where we look at everybody in the class and we size up our classmates and we say to ourselves, well, I know more than her. I have more experience. I'm working as a nurse's aide. My mother, my grandmother was nurses. It's this culture of compete that happens in nursing school and it is honestly the beginning of the bullying that is very prevalent in our career. Okay, there's a dark side of nursing. It's not all roses. And so if you think that it is, you're going to have quite a shock when you actually get into the profession. 
But what I'm trying to get you guys to understand is you are always in a position to learn, even if it's from the three-year-old patient that comes in and shows you a new way to communicate with toddlers, okay? As nurses, before your license and after your license, you have to have a certain amount of humility if you are going to be able to learn along the way. Because if you think you know it all, then that means that nobody can teach you anything new. It's a conversation I, I have with my daughter sometimes who is um, going to school online. And so she takes a lot of different classes. Like today she was taking an um, AI art class. And so she said, Ma, I don't want to go to this class because I'm not familiar with the program. I don't know the AI art program. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I had to tell her like, you know, Salome, you're going there to learn. You're not going there to teach. You're going there to actually learn something new. So be open to learning something new. And it's like that in nursing. I come across nursing students who know everything. They know everything already, but they haven't passed their NCLEX, but they know it all, right? And so it is, it is very important for you to be able to be first in a crowd of people to say, I don't know something, or be first in a crowd of people to say, um, I need help with this. Or can you explain this to me? And, and never be afraid to say this. Can you explain it to me in very plain words? One of my favorite things to say is just speak plainly to me, please. Um, I say it to my friends all the time. I say it in text messages, just speak plainly. I don't wanna have to guess what you mean when you say something. Um, and so we as nurses, we always have to maintain that capacity to say, you know what? I don't really know what you're talking about, <laughs> you know, like, and it, it's a two way street in nursing because, you know, not knowing something can get you bullied. Um, but knowing too much can get you bullied in nursing, too. But I think you have to be able to say, I'm looking to um, I'm looking to learn a lot in, in my profession. I'm looking to grow. Uh, and so if you could if you could teach me this or if you could show me this, then I would really appreciate it. All right. And just straight like that. But pretending like, you know, something uh, pretending like, you you know, you know, it all. It's a turnoff. It's such a turnoff, such a turnoff. All right. So, yeah, that's it. My daughter, she is nine years old. She's nine years old. All right. OK, so let's get into this again. Following instructions. We know we have to do that. Delays. Oh, delays. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm in I'm in this journey right now with the delays of something I'm really expecting. Um, air travel often involves long queues. OK, security checks and delays. You guys know when you go to the airport. So it teaches us the importance of being patient instead of getting frustrated, instead of getting anxious. We learn to embrace delays as part of the journey. And on this journey, there are certain delays that are definitely out of y'all control. Certain delays that are out of your control, for sure. However, most of the delays that you guys encounter on your NCLEX journey is because of you. It's because of you. They're, they are self-imposed delays. You guys make things longer than they have to be, especially if you failed the NCLEX exam. 
If you failed the NCLEX exam already, sometimes it could take a longer time to get back up on the horse to try again. And I don't know. I don't know why that is. I guess you guys can put maybe like you're afraid. You don't know what to do. You don't know what steps to take. But the the delay process does not have to be as long as you make it out to be. And I'm speaking to somebody right now that's been waiting weeks and months or even years to retest. Get that test done. Get the stuff that you need. All right. Get in the V2. Get started with my program. Get out the study calendar. Check off study session number one. Okay. Because the delays, you know, the delays don't always, let me say this. What do we say? Delay, not denied. Delay, not denied. That's it. There's a difference between those two things. When you delay something, it just takes you a lot, a little bit longer than you thought was going to happen. But when you're denied, okay, when you're denied, that means you don't have access to it at all. And that's not the case for anybody. That's not the case for anybody. But we get into a comfort zone of, um, comf- we get into a comfort zone. We get into a comfort zone. We go back to work. We go back to doing what we did before we took the NCLEX exam. We don't want to study. I see somebody say they're all studied out. You you all studied out, but you really can't afford to be all studied out until you actually pass the test. That's when you can be all studied out. Okay. The goal is passing the NCLEX. And until that's done, you can't go anywhere. Like you can't leave the airport. If the goal is to get to to Mexico, to the all-inclusive, all right, if the flight is delayed, you don't go home and unpack. You stay till you take the flight, right? Even if you have to switch airlines, even if you have to get a hotel and come back to the next day, you can't get comfortable, okay? You can't get comfortable in the season of delay. All right. All right, I'm not going to stay on this too long. Oof. Unexpected changes, unexpected changes at the airport, whether it's the flight schedule, whether it's the seat assignments, unexpected events, maybe the sky is filled with dust, can't go nowhere. All right, but you got to be flexible and that's essential in life, okay? Um, it's important to adopt, adapt to new situations, adjust plans when necessary and remain open to different possibilities. And I just, um, you know, I got a testimonial from a Remar nurse and she posted it on Facebook. And she basically said that during her process of preparing for NCLEX, her husband died. Young woman, young woman, losing a husband. And I believe she said she had four kids. I can't remember. But she had children. She lost her husband. And so she had to she said she had to deal with um, widow's fog, which is, I guess, you know, just you just can't grasp things. She had to deal with anxiety, grief. And she, I can imagine, was in a very, very trying situation, losing a husband. She said she would come to this Monday motivation, okay? And the encouragement that she used to get from her husband, 
she would hear my voice and be encouraged throughout her journey with V2. The comments that you guys would put, the congratulations, the positivity that her husband would provide for her. We replace that in her life. So when you talk about dealing with unexpected changes, now this is somebody through all of that, through all of that loneliness, through all of that grief, was able to get into V2, come to study sessions like this, and continue on her journey. A devastating life event. So what excuse do you have today that is keeping you from moving forward? Because if anybody has an excuse, she did. I'm hoping I can get her to come on here. But the very fact in that we are here, that we are assembling, that we are gathering, you don't know how it's affecting somebody. You don't know how it is getting somebody through this day. Man. And so when, you know, when, when we talk about this thing here, unexpected changes, are we able together to remain open to the different possibilities? Are we able together to endure unexpected life events? Okay. I think that we are. Matter of fact, I know that we are. Monday motivation is life-changing. It's essential. Even if you only show up for one, it may get you to the next level. Destination. To reach our desired destination, hey, whether it's a career milestone, personal achievement, or fulfilling life, we must ensure that our actions and our decisions, okay, align with the aspirations. Taking the time to reflect on your goals and making sure you're on the right path to reach them. Always, always, always keep where you're going in the front of your mind. Always keep where you're going. Don't get sidetracked. I tell you, don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Just look straight ahead because we are on this journey to getting you your nursing license. That is the path that we're all on. Everybody's here so that you can pass your NCLEX exam. All of Team Remar is here showing up so that you can get your nursing license. So isn't that amazing? The destination is, the destination is exciting. It is more exciting than where we are now. Even though we're here for a short time, when we reach our destination, oh, it'll be a good time. Oh, this is the testimonial right here. Let me read it. Shell, Nurse Shell. Yes, 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 yes. Repeat tester, hubby passed away after graduation, went through depression, widow's brain, and broken heart syndrome. Took multiple times, um, seven times on paper. Once I forgot my license, didn't actually test, cried uncontrollably. Last one, cried too, but actually better actually was able to calm myself and take tests this time past. Did V2 and both Quick Facts and Quick Facts Next Gen. Needed all Regina's excitement and encouragement was missing that from my hubby. Loved all the prayers and Bible verses. Thanks so much. Go to my first interview as an RN on Wednesday. And I saw this testimonial. That's the one that I saw. 
And it literally, it burned in my heart. It burned in my heart. And it made me realize just how, number one, just how easy V2 can be. Because I imagine if you are going through all of that depression, especially was a, a repeat test taker, you know, heartbroken and just barely, probably just barely showing up and being able to understand those lectures, just plain and straight is incredible. You know, it was incredible for her to um, maintain and understand all that information, keep it in her mind. (sighs) And then the Bible verses in the prayer. So, um, mm, yeah, yeah. What a blessing. What a blessing to be a part of that. So again, guys, with God is possible. It's possible. And, um, you know, we, we, we like to think that he, he doesn't put more on us than we can bear. All right. Um, and so if she, Nurse Shell, was able to go through such a great loss, I know there is somebody on here, too, that may be experiencing a loss of some sort, a big change, a big loss, support you thought you would have that you don't have. You may be crying right now or crying at night just to get through that, that you know, that period. And so um, we do believe that joy comes in the morning. All right, guys. So our motivation for this week is making sure that as a community, we're able to support you. Um, my email address is support at remarreview.com. Support at remarreview.com. Any questions that you have about the V2 or anything like that, let's talk about them now. Um, let's, let's talk about it now. I can go into V2 if you guys have any questions to do some demonstrations or anything that you might have about getting what you need to get started on this journey. Let's hear them. Okay. I want to hear them. I want to know. With God is possible. Um, Regina, please send me the link to do my video for passing my RN. All right. That is um, remarnurse.com forward slash party forward slash party. You're able to do that. There it is. Miss Regina King, Miss Regina, the V2, can you buy it online? Absolutely. You can get V2 online. Let me see if I can show you how to do it. Um, okay. So I'm in uh, incognito. You guys know if you go to remarnurse.com, let's see if it will allow me to do that. And you start by picking you can subscribe to the newsletter if you want to, but you start by picking whether you're an RN or a PN, RN or a PN. So just say um, you're an RN, you click on RN and you will, uh, you go here where it says join V2 review. Everybody see that? It's a yellow box. Just click on join V2 and it'll take you down to where you can click buy now. And let me see. Perfect. And then, so you will see the cost of V2. Remember we're sending the sale. steal for three months access into the V2. All right. And so you will just put in your account details and where I will be sending your quick facts book. Because with the $89 package, let me show you what you're getting. You're getting the lectures to the V2. You're going to get the quick facts book. And then you're also going to get the downloadable workbook. Okay. The downloadable workbook. Now, If you want the physical workbook that looks like this, sometimes you guys will see me writing in it, then you add that on. I'm gonna show you where you can add that on to, okay? You add that on here. 
it's a $35 charge for that book to be printed out with your quick facts. So you would just add that book here. Okay. If you don't want it, you want to just print out your workbook, then that's fine. Just take it off by putting on the trash can. But the cost for the $35, it probably would be the same if you went to a Staples or a Kinko's to print it out. Also, if you want to buy V2 now, but you don't want to start it at right now, you're able to click on that button and you can delay your start studying date. All right. All the way up until October. I don't really want you to wait that long, but if you want to delay it, like, you know, to the end of July or something like that, you can do it. Now, yes, if you already have this book, some of you guys already have this book and you just want the V2 lectures, the computer adaptive exam, the question bank, then you would take this off and the price will go down from $89 to $69, which is phenomenal. So let me show you how to do that. All you have to do, you see where it says quick facts here? If you have the quick facts, you just click on that trash can and then you don't need the quick facts. All right. And then you get the rest of my program for just $69. Okay. All right. So this is how you do that now. But if you need the quick facts book, if you don't have my quick facts book, definitely. All right. Definitely. So if you paid $89 for V2, the quick facts book is included. All right. If you paid $89 for V2, the quick facts book is included. So you don't have to worry about that. Again, you can start, if you're waiting for quick facts to come, you can still start V2. Because if you look at the study calendar, um, which is where, where's my study, my study calendar? I'm just looking at my study calendar. The study calendar, I don't have you studying until study session number seven. And I just have my study calendar. I was looking at it and I don't see it. But anyways, what I want to say is you can still, actually, I can just go to the study calendar. You don't start studying quick facts right away. Okay. So let me go to where you get your study calendar from because I think somebody did ask. All right. So if you're in your B2, this is the question bank. So I would just have you go to file vault. Okay. Because the study calendar is inside of V2 and you go to course resources right there and your study calendar is here. Okay. And when you open up your study calendar, making sure there's no viruses, which there's not. Okay. You open up your study calendar. You can see that the first thing that you're doing, let me see if I can make it like really big. The first thing that you're doing is watching lectures. No, in Weathers, you would pay $69. So you're just watching lectures. I don't actually have you studying the Quick Facts book until study session number seven. So before that, you have everything you need to do this stuff. Okay. So this is your study calendar that comes with the program. Any NCLEX review program that you're doing should have a calendar for you to follow so that you actually get through the program. The purpose of an NCLEX review program is not for you to be in there for a year. Okay. If you're in an NCLEX review program for a year or they give you a whole bunch of stuff to just study and no direction, then you're more than likely going to have to overpay to prepare. You guys should not have to do that. 
Okay. Um, I'm on study session number seven. Okay. Let me, let me know so we can send you some track. I need you guys to email me support at remarreview.com for individual, individual books or things like that. Cause it's, I'm, I can't do it. I can't look it up right now. Okay. All right. Um, what else did somebody say? So you guys know how to get it. You know where to find the calendar, um, the computer adaptive test. Sometimes you guys ask me about that. You get two with the program. So the first one, you would do the computer adaptive test after the first computer adaptive test would be done after study session number 20. So then you could do the computer adaptive test then. From what I'm seeing on TikTok, the students that are passing with V2, they are at least doing one computer adaptive test. You don't, there's two that comes with the program, but I had a student that messaged me and she said, hey, I'm testing. She actually said, hey, I'm testing, but I only did one CAT exam. It's the day before my test. Should I do the other one? I'm like, no, don't, don't do it. The day before your exam, I don't want you guys studying at all. All right, at all. Um, so if you at least do one, I'm happy with that. I want you to do that. Um, I purchased the V2, but I didn't understand the quick facts was included. Can I get the first shift instead? No, so we can't switch those two out, but send an email, please, because you would have to, um, you would have to, we would have to make an adjustment to your specific order. Okay, Doris. I take mine tomorrow. I'm about to pull my hair out. No, 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 no. You should be relaxing. You should be feeling comfortable, confident. How did you study? Okay. How did you study? And also, Eve, if you're waiting for this one, if you're waiting for this workbook, don't forget, you can also just go to your file vault. Like, for example, let me go back to here. If you go to your file vault, course resources, um, your student workbook is here too. So even if you ordered it, um, double click on it, is it downloading it? Let's see. Go to download, show all downloads. Oh, student workbook. So um, let me open it. So even if you are waiting, you can still, like if you wanted to, you can still print out like the first couple pages of actually where the workbook begins. Like if you wanted to print out this pregnancy and just get started, you could do that too, okay? And so like, you know, if you wanted to just really get started, you can go print out like the first 10 lecture pages as well. All right, so that's an option. So if you don't get the physical workbook, you will get the downloadable workbook as a part of your course. And again, this is very important for you to be able to take notes while you listen. Sent as, how many times do you suggest going over the video lectures? If you could do them two times, that would be really good. Like honestly, like if you could go through the course and then go back and just maybe listen to the videos, if you're like an auditory learner, listen to them while you're cleaning, listen to them, you know, while you are, studying that's that would be my recommendation is it the best to go system by system in the v2 when studying no 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 felicia so if you're in the v2 how do you study this you need you're going to go in order okay so you're not really going to go system by system because that's not how i teach it i don't think that's the best way to prepare for nclex you're literally going to follow the track that i have set out for you 
my videos are in specific order because the ideas that you're building on each subject, okay? And so when I, we learned in nursing school system by system, and I think it's helpful when you're trying to study anatomy, right? But I don't think it's that helpful for critical thinking and taking care of prioritization. I don't think it's really that helpful. And so um, I do my NCLEX review in this way because at the end of it, I want you to see the big picture of nursing. And, and so I think we can get caught up in the what we learn from nursing school, the way we learn in nursing school. And then also there are a lot of NCLEX reviews that will say, learn it system by system, or they will present the information system by system. But to me, that doesn't help with learning the content and critical thinking at the same time. So you, you actually, you know, end up studying a lot longer. Okay, that's really good. Sent Dora says, I, I feel really good about it. I did the V2 and take my quick facts everywhere. Me too. Um, I went back over my V2, took my CAT exam, and it stopped at 90 questions and gave me the green light. Well, that's phenomenal. <laughs> All right. Um, I brought your book, but it looks a little confusing. Should I wait until I finish school? So, no. The reason why it probably looks a little confusing for the quick facts book to you is because the topics are presented in alphabetical order. Now, the thing about the quick facts book is it's just what it says it is supposed to do. It's supposed to give you quick facts about many topics. So this actually is not considered a full NCLEX review. This is just part of my program. The concepts of learning how to prioritize the entire patient is done in the lectures where I'm actually teaching you how to think about these concepts. I would suggest you do the lectures and quick facts together um, probably after you finish fundamentals or if you have time during your senior year because you're going to get a full picture of nursing. But yes, if you're just thinking this is like my NCLEX review, uh, then you're then no, I want you to use this book as a reference book. Memorize the stuff in here, but don't think it's like the entire NCLEX review because you, you are missing a lot of it in the lectures. Okay, so I hope you're able to see my lectures soon. All right, you got this. People that are testing soon. Thank you, T. Rob, for being here again. I'm no, I'm seeing your name more more familiar, and your comments are really encouraging. So thank you so much. Um, Ola, hi. How have you been, Ola? Um, okay. We definitely, Ola, I see your comment. Um, we're going to look into your account today. I promise. Matter of fact, I'm going to take a picture because I, I am not not responding to you. I just want to make sure that I get you a switch from RN to PN. I gotcha. Okay. And again, support at remarreview.com, please. This is going to be able to allow me to have the information to go directly into your account. Okay. All right, guys, it looks like that is um, that is the sum of the questions for today. I'm going to actually get off here and go on TikTok. And I plan to do some psychiatric concepts on my TikTok page today. I will probably be going directly 
from the V2. So if you are following me on TikTok or Instagram, we will be reviewing that today, okay? Um, to review the lectures, do I need to purchase $89 program? Yes, yes, exactly. Um, but actually, if you already have this book, remember, you just take this book off of your cart and it's just $69, okay, $69. Uh, T-Rob says, see you in TikTok. <laughs> do you have the program, T-Rob? Do you have this program? Let me know. Uh, it's also Monday. Do we have class later at night? We don't. We don't have class tonight. That was during Remar Nurse University. So um, if you missed Remar Nurse University, it was amazing, number one. And it will be back next year annually. Oh, yes. the 30, Well, the 30-day challenge, is that for everybody? That's for everybody, right? Oh, let me show you guys this too really quickly. NV2, um, if you go to courses, which we are now, um, don't forget the 30 day challenge, which is this young lady next to me. Okay. So the 30 day challenge also is available to you guys. If you're doing the lecture, um, no, if you're doing the study sessions. So for example, if you're in the study calendar and you are on study session number 14, you have a challenge video in the, in the 30 day challenge and you would go to session 14 and that video will be there for you to go over the concepts okay and again it's for every session so there's 20 study sessions you will go to the challenge video there will be a study challenge 20 video so the v2 has a lot of resources to keep you engaged and to keep you busy with the content everything um, that i'm doing is to get you to learn specific test plan knowledge. Okay. T-Rob says, yes, I do. I, yes, I do. Um, also, if you're in the trial version of the V2, you will get the 30-day challenge videos and you will be able to create um, a quiz and the question bank and things like that. Okay. Ah, true. All right. And if you want to sign up for the 30-day challenge, maybe you're just, um, you're not familiar with Remar, you want to check it out, go to remarnurse.com forward slash 30 days, 30 days. Okay, guys, thank you so much for watching on today. I appreciate your time. That was a good motivation. I won't look at um, flights and airplanes the same. I will always be thinking how it is affecting my journey or what things that I do when I'm flying that I could be doing in my life to get, uh, <laughs> to get ahead. So thank you guys so much for watching. I will see you later. Hello, my name is Latresa Hill RN. Thank God that I was able to come across the NCLEX virtual trainer, which helped me to be able to come what I am today. I have been a repeat test taker. I have failed NCLEX twice, but I'm here to tell you with prayer and understanding of what you're learning and be able to apply and connect the information, help me make it through this. I let anxiety take over for a minute, but then I had prayed and I said, God, please help me. There's no other way I can do this without you. But I am thankful that Regina and Mark was there to help me and guide me through this with prayer and reading for content and connecting it with the NCLEX quick facts and help me get through this journey. I am so grateful and I am so humble. 
And I pray that each and every nurse that is trying to pass this NCLEX to stay with it because you can do it. I'm a believer and I'm truly believing that everyone that's trying to take this test will get the understanding and the knowledge with prayer. You got to be prayerful because without God, we can't do anything. And I just want to say thank you once again. I'm finally a Remar RN and I pray that I'll be able to reach out and help the next nurse paying it forward. God bless. Thank you. Hi, Remar family. My name is Christina and I am a Remar RN. I am so excited to share that with you guys. A little bit about my journey. I found Remar in 2018 and I used it for my LVN. I knew going into my RN Bridge program that Remar would be the only thing that I used again. So I graduated June 17th. I received my ATT Wednesday night, the 21st, and I was able to schedule my exam the 22nd. So the very next day, I found out that I passed. I did the Pearson trick and my license, it was posted this morning. A little backstory with me. Um, my LVN to RN program is two hours away. It's a part-time program, so we meet once a month for four days. I, and it's three um, semesters long. Second semester, I ended up failing the final for my advanced med search class. We also take the ATI predictory exam as a baseline. I ended up scoring 33% on my ATI predictor. I had purchased um, Remar on the Black Friday sale, which was a week before my final. So at that point that I purchased it, I had no idea that I was gonna fail. I postponed my start date to February. After my finals, I went from being in my program to not being in my program to being in my program again in a matter of four days. And it was very, very emotional. My director of my program called me and um, told me I had two options. I can either wait until August and start the program over, or I can continue on with my program take my peds and leadership class with my LDN to RN program and then um, take med surge and synthesis at the main campus. Now the main campus is three hours away from my house each way and I'd have to go up there once a week. I agreed to do that to graduate on time. So I started Remar at the middle, the middle of February and I didn't do it consistently because I was studying for my classes that I was taking. Um, I ended up studying like off and on for three and a half weeks before I took the baseline predictory exam again. And with Remar, I went up to an 82%. Fast forward to May, uh, we took the ATI predictor for our exit exam. I had completed Remar at that time and I passed with a 97%. So Remar, it works. It works, and I knew that it worked. Um, and if I can pass NCLEX along with, you know, feeling, so can you. So can you. Don't give up on your dreams. You can, you will, and you must pass NCLEX. Believe in yourself.